Recording live from the Lucky Number 7 Lounge in the basement of Dine, Drink, Travel World Headquarters and the barren wastelands of far west Texas, this is Dine, Drink, Vegas, the podcast by and for people who are stuck at home but would rather be in the land of neon lights and bad decisions. My name is John. I'm your host. I'm also known as the baller on the budget. And in episode number nine, we're going to get into a cheap booze drink off for our drink of the day. Bill's going to give us an update on his recent solo expedition to Vegas. And we'll break down all the news stories that we thought were interesting as you plan your next trip to America's favorite travel destination. And now, Time to welcome the founder of Dine Drink Travel, the high roller of the high plains, the king of comps, the leader in the luxury lounge, the man who's always waiting for the limo to take him away to the resort. Bill, come on in and say hi to the people. Hey, John, how are you today? I am great, but I'm a little bit afraid of what we're about to get into here. Uh, I am also afraid of what we're about to get into here, but you're the baller on a budget. You're the one who likes to drink cheap stuff. And I feel like this is an homage to you. And it is. So what we're going to do today, listener, Bill will happen to be somewhere now in in our uh, quaint little uh, dirty oil field hamlet that we abide in. There are no places with store brand liquors, or at least not a whole lot of that sort of thing. But if you're in civilization, and Vegas counts as civilization, and you're someplace that has a Trader Joe's, a... Um, Total Wine and Spirits, a uh, Costco. You can find store brand liquors that are often made by big distilleries under a different label. Some of them are actually tremendous bang for the buck. Some of them are very, very, very regrettable. And Bill picked up a couple of Trader Joe picks. So we're going to start with the Tennessee whiskey. So... We, let me give the backstory. We're in the middle of a 12-hour road trip, me and my wife and our boys. And we stopped in Santa Fe, and we went into the Trader Joe's, and it was a long road trip. And I'd been stuck in the car with my kids and all that sort of stuff, and I needed whiskey. So I decided, what the heck, let's try some of this Trader Joe's stuff. The first thing that we're going to try is their Tennessee whiskey, which the bottle doesn't tell you a whole lot. All it says is that it's aged a minimum of six months, which does not seem like a long time to age whiskey. No, it doesn't. And that it is filtered with the Lincoln County process. It says sour mash bourbon whiskey, and it was bottled in Houston, um, a city I love, but not one of the world's more renowned bourbon capitals. And that is all the information I have. Yeah, so to kind of unpack what the, what's on the label, it's called a Tennessee bourbon, but not a straight Tennessee whiskey. So... To be a straight Tennessee whiskey, you have to meet all of the requirements to be a bourbon. Plus, you have to be charcoal filtered, which is what it means by uh, uh, the filtration statement. And you actually have to be bottled and aged in the state of Tennessee, which this was distilled there, but aged in Texas. Um, I've got to say that uh, on the nose, it's there's not a lot going on here. No, Just a hint I mean, of spice, it, a little vanilla. It smells better than some of the stuff I had in college. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Hey, you've had a taste. Is this worth it for me to have a taste? It's not terrible. You're not going to spit it out. I will say that... Um, it's not terrible, but it's not good. There's oh. a... There's a. Can we show my face on a podcast? Yeah, and I yeah, and I don't think it's quite as bad as your face is letting on. I would say that uh, there's a 
peanut oil dominance here. If you're a fan of wild turkey, it's vaguely reminiscent of that. But wait, 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 wait. Wild turkey's a lot better. Peanut oil dominance. There are no peanuts in whiskey. No, but the the flavor to me reminds me a lot of peanuts and peanut oil. And you get that with a few other. There's several whiskeys that get that descriptor. I, I get that a lot in wild turkey. This is not nearly as good as wild turkey, but it's. I, I think this would be far better mixed with a with a with a coke. It's not okay. terrible. And yeah, if you mix it with something, it might be survivable. But that's not how I tend to drink my whiskeys. This so neither of my grandmothers drank. They actually denied quite loudly that they did because the Bible in the Book of Second Opinion says that thou shalt not or something. I don't know. This whiskey tastes like. What my grandmothers would have kept hidden in a drawer if they occasionally had to have a nip because they didn't know what whiskey should taste like. Like yeah. this is okay. So the bottle was fifteen bucks. It was a good price. I'd rather pay ten bucks more and get something else. Yeah, and and you know if you if you just so happened that you wanted a whiskey, you knew you were going to mix. You were stopping by a Trader Joe's. You wanted a bottle for the hotel. You wanted to get something cheap. Yeah, I could I could defend this, but even at fifteen bucks a bottle, most places you can get mellow corn for sixteen to twenty one dollars a bottle. You can get Evan Williams a hundred proof in that price range. It, this is not awful, but for you know you were talking about ten dollars more for two, three, four, five dollars more. I think there's better things to get, but if your options were limited, or you just happen to be a big Trader Joe's fan, I, you know it's. I've drank way worse. It is so, young. But here's the thing. Trader Joe's, if you're there anyway, they sell grown-up whiskeys. They also sell the bourbon, which we'll talk about in just a second, which I have tried. And they sell several different kinds of scotches. So, you know, um, John, would you like to let, let this whiskey go home with you? Um, I don't know. Well, I, I, would wind <laughs> up, I would wind up making homemade fireball out of it if I did take it home. So that's okay because that would make it not taste how it tastes now. So congratulations on your homemade fireball fixings. All right. Well, let's switch gears then and let's go to this bourbon. Right. So the bourbon. And to be clear, I have tasted the bourbon um, rather a lot when we were in the hotel. Ooh. What can you tell us about what the bottle says for the bourbon, John? So the bottle says that it, it, it comes from the uh, Bourbon Street Distillery in Louisville, Kentucky, which is an entity that does not exist. According to the internet, uh, this is likely made by Sazerac Incorporated, the parent company of Buffalo Trace. They do have a facility in Louisville. They have a lot of facilities. Um, that's the rumor online. I've read mixed reviews online. I've got to say the first, when I get my nose into this, it, it, it's just, it's a lot hotter smelling a lot more that alcohol hitting your nose than the tennessee whiskey the tennessee whiskey was certainly like there was not a lot of exciting things going on in the smell but there was nothing offensive this this is a little bit hot again this is you know not aged very long this is very young bourbon true although some of the characteristics of a hot whiskey you like i will say that this bourbon the trader joe's bourbon i like better then I like the um, the Trader Joe's Tennessee whiskey. Like if I was, I'm assuming they've got a Trader Joe's in Vegas. If I was getting a bottle of either one of these to have up in my room, and by the way, folks, when you're in Vegas, please stop somewhere, not where the limo driver tells you, stop somewhere like an ABC store or a CVS or something. Or Total Wine. Total Wine, which would be us on the South Strip. Any of those would be great choices. 
do that and get a bottle of whatever you're going to drink take it up to your room because that is so much cheaper than you know whatever they're going to charge you at the bar downstairs and it's certainly cheaper than the hotel liquor store um if my choices were between these two i would get the trader joe's bourbon every time it's not that it's good because it's not but it's you know it's a 15 dollars bourbon i i feel like 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 whatever it doesn't make me sad there's things so, i prefer but it's not bad mm-hmm. i gotta say i'm believing what the internet has to say about this being a buffalo trace azurek product it reminds me a lot of mcafee's benchmark which you can get at basically the same price usually benchmark is down at the at the frankfurt facility but i'm guessing this is the same recipe done at one of sazerac's other distilleries around this this is really not bad again I think for that 16 to 24 dollar price point there's some other bottles that i like a whole lot better but again if i happen to be in trader joe's and i wanted a whiskey that i was mostly going to mix in my hotel room you know like if i'm going to get do a, you like this or the tennessee whiskey I, th this is definitely preferable to the tennessee whiskey like i i don't i don't think i would ever buy the tennessee whiskey i could get by with this like if i'm going to mix it with coke zero anyway and just walk around the casino with my coke zero bottle because i can afford the five dollar coke and then fill it up with my whiskey upstairs but i'm not buying the fifty dollar rot gut whiskey in the hotel mm. um yeah this this would be acceptable i i'm actually perfectly willing to finish this neat right like mm -hmm. it's not my favorite but it's fine if you need something to kind of maintain your buzz in vegas or whatever coolio like I, w I would take this but we actually and y'all we aren't pouring big shots at this no because we've got to get through the rest of this podcast but john let's talk about one more thing we each poured ourselves a shot of weller special reserve on um, listeners that's the weller with the green label it is the entry level weller but it's it's a, a real whiskey right like you can get a handle of it for 50 bucks if you can find it you can find a bottle of it for depending on where you are 25 bucks or so so it's not that it's an expensive whiskey, but it's at least a grown-up whiskey. So I'm not going to take a taste of a real whiskey, having had those other ones. Let's see what I think. So I'm going to take a different tack on there. Uh, and the Weller is coming across way smoother, but part of that is the function of we have rocks in that. We were doing the others need, and it's had time to melt. I would say that I would call that Kentucky bourbon a real whiskey. I, I think it's... Um, Quality-wise, I think it's as good as, you know, Jack Daniels Number no. 7 or Jim Beam. Um, and it probably is made by a real distillery, the same distillery making this Weller. I prefer Weller because it's weeded. And I was about to say that exact thing. Um, I like the Weller better, and I think it probably is a better crafted whiskey than whatever it is Trader Joe's sold us. But the Trader Joe's bourbon very much talks about being a high-rye bourbon. The Weller is a, a weeded bourbon. And I prefer that kind of softness to yeah. it. So it's it's probably not a fair comparison. I probably should have poured something else for this third one. Yeah, probably, but you did what you liked anyway. And I'll say this. Uh, when it says it's a high rye bourbon, you know, clearly there's a rye finish to that. But I don't read the spice coming off that that some high rye bourbons have i think to me it's it's fairly middle of the road um yeah i could i could get down with that kentucky bourbon the tennessee stuff is awful i will say listeners if you want to try some store brands without having to buy the whole bottle total wine will usually let you sample theirs i will say uh i have not had great luck with bourbons although i can't remember the label uh total wine's got a, a weeded bourbon uh, that I ran into this summer that wasn't bad. 
Some of their scotches are pretty good, although one or two of the scotches are pretty terrible. The nice thing about Total Wine is usually the employees will let you do some sampling of their store brands. Sometimes they'll even let you compare the store brand to the famous name they're aiming for. And in the case of both the bourbons and the scotches, sometimes what's getting bottled in these store brand labelings are barrels of well-known names that didn't quite make the standard to go into their blends, so they sell them off to third parties. And it's not that it's bad whiskey, right? If you get their Glenn Levitt or their Laphroaig taste alike, it's almost as good as the real thing. It's just that collection of barrels that didn't quite make the cut. Right. So I think my summary of this is if you're looking to buy a cheap bottle of store brand whiskey to get you through a trip, in this case a trip to Vegas, but a trip to wherever, you know what? There's some options. I'd rather spend a few more dollars, but there's some options. In the Trader Joe's line, the bourbon is distinctly better than what they're calling a Tennessee whiskey bottled in Houston. Yeah, and, and that should have set off enough alarm bells to know that wasn't because, you know, um, if we've learned anything from the NFL, that transporting a product from Houston to Tennessee or vice versa does not improve it because the Titans didn't get magically better when they became the Oilers and you could move them right back, they still wouldn't be any better. Anyway, we've lost all two listeners from Tennessee and Houston. And we only have like nine listeners. We can't afford to do that. All right, well, let's move on from the drink of the day. And Bill, let's talk about your solo trip. So, listeners, most of you will know that I also maintain a YouTube channel, Dine Drink Vegas. And what I try to do on that channel about 90-95% of the time is have fairly short and focused videos, somewhere between 3 and 10 minutes, depending on what I'm covering, to kind of you know give you tours of spaces, um, let you know, is this a hotel room you want to book, a pool you want to go to, bar you want to see, restaurant, whatever. And this trip that I took last month, because it is now early August, so this trip that I took in mid to late July was very much, um, you know, just getting footage for the YouTube channel. And of course it was fun because it was a trip to Vegas, but one of the things which takes away from it, because I want to get different footage of different things for the YouTube channel, is I stayed in three different hotels. Like I would stay in a hotel for a night, and it kind of sucked to get there, check in, unpack, repack, check out, check in, but whatever right the first hotel i stayed in because i found a good deal somewhere it must have been with my own life points was the delano and folks if you are looking for value luxury the delano is an amazing spot it is an all-suite hotel i had the most basic room they had it was configured with one king bed although you could have gotten it with two queen beds and then you can pay extra for a bigger room you can pay extra for a better view whatever i didn't care about any of those things but even in the basic room, you have one and a half bathrooms. You've also got a, a little bit of a bar space, not like a pull a stool up to it, a bar, but you've got a place to put your whiskey bottles where your friends can go serve themselves. And we'll talk about this at the end of today's podcast, but that place, the Delano, I think is perfect for a guy's trip, particularly if you're gonna have a bunch of people gathered around watching you know, sports ball or whatever, because there's a place for your buddies to go use the bathroom where they don't have to get into your right. bedroom. Yeah, right? so your big smelly man friends don't have to, you know, run a bombing run in the bathroom next to your bed in the room. That's what we're saying? Uh, it is, although yeah. I am both horrified and proud of the fact that I am 49 years old and still talking that way. But yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm saying. And it's, I mean, you've got plenty of space to sit around and, and watch the TV and all that. So it's um, the Delano is a great place for a guy's trip. It's also 
a great place if you wanna feel luxurious, but you don't wanna pay for it because all the rooms are huge. There's no gambling in the hotel, which makes it kind of a quieter. It makes it a more upscale feel. Right. So no, the Delano is phenomenal for that. They don't have a lot of stuff, but you're you're inside the Mandalay Bay complex, so you can stay in air conditioning the whole time, which is really important. It was 117 when I was there. You can stay in, under air conditioning the whole time and go right into the Mandalay Bay. You've got Mandalay Bay right. pool privileges, right. right? Like it was it was fine the whole way, um, but it itself feels quieter. And the bar is one of my favorite hotel bars. Um, listeners, if you haven't listened before. I speak Spanish. I lived in Mexico City for a couple of years, and my bartender happened to be in Cuba or from Cuba. He obviously wasn't in Cuba. He happened to be from Cuba. We I talked to him in Spanish for quite a while, and obviously he was fluent in English. Like I could have done that had I wanted to. He makes excellent drinks. It's a really pretty bar. It's not the sort of place you go for like a high energy. Woo! I'm gonna party in Vegas. Right. But if you're looking for a quiet cocktail, it was nice. So I like the Delano. And I've actually already got another trip booked back there. Okay, well then tell us about, before we get to the uh, the downgrade of your trip, so the Delano, great opening thing. And by the way, listeners, these resorts within a resort, great idea because they are quieter, but you have access to the full amenities. It's a little bit different than what the Venetian does because they have the Palazzo, but they don't... Uh, uh, Palazzo has a casino. You don't have to go to the Venetian, but these, they don't have one. You have to go to Mandalay. Yeah, but it was... Like, I can't, it's hard to overstate how easy that walk is, right? right? Like, it is a stupid easy, like, two-minute air-conditioned walk. And, like, I'm fat, right? Like, it was a two-minute waddle for me. It was fine. So, let's do your upgrade from there. Okay. So, I'm not going to lie. This made me happy. Also attached to the Mandalay Bay, but on the other side is the Four Seasons. And I don't have the kind of money to usually stay at the Four Seasons. It was the middle of the week. It was a cheaper room. And I had a ton of American Express points to cash in. So I stayed in the Four Seasons for free. And better yet, it was actually a little better than free because I got my American Express Fine Hotels and Resorts benefits. And it's just beautiful. And it is so quiet. I went into the spa. The spa was perfect and lovely. Um, it was The Four Seasons has its own pool. The, the Delano does too, but not really. The Four Seasons has a pool in the Mandalay Bay complex, complex that only Four Seasons guests can go to. But you can also go into the Mandalay Bay pool if you want. But the room itself is just... So the only comparison I've got is the Waldorf Astoria. And whether you prefer the Waldorf or the Four Seasons, I mean, I feel like the baller on a budget is about to make fun of me for making a comparison. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, I, I, yeah, sure, whichever way, I don't know. I have to check with Biff and Mitzi which one they want to book. Like, who's more accommodating to the purse dog that Mitzi carries around? Because I really, yeah, I can't relate to this at all. So if y'all want to know about the inside jokes that are going on right now, Google Simpsons Protestant Heaven at some point. <laughs> And you, you will uh, and you will watch about a one or two minute clip, and you will understand what's going on. But you know, whatever. Um, there's only one other hotel in Vegas I can really think of like it. I checked in my room; it was beautiful. I went away to do something, and when I came back, they had brought me like a, a bottle of water and some like homemade chocolates. They had a bar in the hotel which wasn't huge, but didn't need to because again, the Mandalay Bay right there, right? Like it's a three minute air conditioned walk away. 
One of the things we may be doing, John, the next time we go back to that hotel complex is the bar in um, in the Four Seasons, which I think is called Press. The bar in the Four Seasons for like, and it's expensive, it's like 150 bucks, but I've lost more than that at a blackjack table before, has a, um, a custom craft cocktail class at like two in the afternoons where you sit with their bartender and you just toss cocktails and presumably drink them. It is if you're looking if you're trying to impress somebody, I would go to either the Four Seasons or the Waldorf. For my money personally, I would probably go to the Waldorf, but that is for two reasons. One, it's got a nicer, bigger spa, and I'm I I, I like spas, right? Like we've had this conversation right. before. Yeah. John disagrees with my point. I here. don't disagree. I just don't share that. But you know what? The the beauty of Vegas is whatever you like to do, they got. So I no, it's I'm not going to tell somebody else not to spa. But I've I, I've got a little too much working class redneck in me to just go hang out naked in a room full of other dudes. It's just not my bag. You can wear a swimsuit. The other reason though that I like the Waldorf is I happen to collect Hilton points. Um, and the, with Hilton Point, you can some, quite frequently stay at the Waldorf for free. Right. But no, non-gaming properties are amazing, particularly non-gaming properties which are attached to hotels with a casino. That um, in both the Delano and the Four Seasons, which are on opposite sides of the Mandalay Bay, are so. If you want the high energy Vegas experience, it is right there for you. But if you want quieter and more refined you can get it and this wasn't a suite it was just a regular hotel room but y'all it was beautiful and then john is it okay if i talk move on and talk about when beauty ended yeah so let's just sort of prepare for your reaction for night number three because you had a slight juxtaposition from a place that is made for the landed gentry and i'm not sure if they make you show a sealed deed of your family's estate to get into the four seasons but you then took the car ride of sadness to well you know they didn't have to make me show it it turns out that my however many greats it was grandfather and his dad both fought in the american revolution in spite of the fact that they were anglicans who owned land in virginia at the time they just they knew right like it was okay Right. Um, but no, I took a car, and this wasn't where I was staying, but let me talk about good things. <laughs> My barber. John, John, do you have a barber? I have not needed a barber since the first Clinton administration. <laughs> My barber, the best barber I've ever had, is at the Speakeasy Barbershop inside the El Cortez. So I took a perfectly lovely Uber ride, but I left the Four Seasons to go to the El Cortez and you got in I mean that was that was fair like the atmosphere changed I didn't say at the El Cortez cuz I've done that before um and yeah anyway sorry that was going to be a sad personal story thinking about the last time we stayed yeah. at the El Cortez but um the barber was great that juxtaposition not amazing but that night I was actually staying in a comp room at the Golden Nugget. And if I had gone to the Golden Nugget from the Four Seasons, I would have been sad. But it turns out I walked into the Golden Nugget having spent some time in the El Cortez and it was lovely. And it's not that the Golden Nugget is the most beautiful hotel in town. It is It is not. However, I don't gamble a lot there because there are gambling rules for on weekends on, and on evenings. And their gambling rules aren't good. Like yeah. I don't like it's the only place downtown with like bad gambling odds. 
But I gambled a little bit there and they just kept bombing me with free offers. So eventually I took one. I paid a little bit of money to upgrade. I think I paid 50 or 60 bucks to upgrade. But I went to, I got the Golden Nugget Rush Tower Corner Suite, which again would have been a beautiful spot for like hosting a group if you're going to watch right. TV or right. if you want to all get together in the room for drinks or something like that. There was a lot of room for it. There was only the one bathroom, but it was fine. So yeah, no, the Golden Nugget was great. Um, and during the middle of the week, particularly during the day, they have get better gambling odds. But yeah, the Golden Nugget's got uniquely good comps. Like I, I get better comps at the Golden Nugget where I haven't really gambled much than I do at the El Cortez where I've gambled rather a lot. Um, I felt bad because I didn't gamble at the Golden Nugget more than a couple hours. I left there to go down to um, Plaza. I was about to ask you for the name of the hotel you like so much. But I, I, hold on just a second. I had to go get a piece of paper. I left there to mostly gamble at the Plaza. And I will talk about why when I get to the restaurant's part of the meal. But within like two days after I got back, then the Plaza sent me a room deal for like three free room nights and you know some other stuff like that. So now I'm in the plaza system, which is cool. The plaza is a much better place to gamble. I can't yeah. speak to the rooms there. My guess is that the Golden Nuggets got some better room options and different people are gonna like different things. So yeah, I stayed at three distinctly different places, but I guess the takeaway from the different places that I stayed there are some great spots in Vegas where you don't have to spend an obscene amount of money. Like the Delano, even if you're paying cash, can quite. it's one of the cheaper properties in the MGM um, ecosphere, right? But that and the Golden Nugget both had some great options for guys' trips. That's not so much the option or the vibe of the Four Seasons, but the Four Seasons would be great for a, a quiet, refined trip. You're trying to impress somebody, you're trying to get away, or something like that. Yeah, that sounds... That sounds really good. Now, my only thing about the Golden Nugget is you can kind of feel the echoes of the Steve Wynn era there. And I, I just get the feeling that the Golden Nugget is now a place that desperately wants to feel like it belongs on the Strip, but it is definitely not on the Strip. And yeah, it's kind of a fish out of water, I feel like, down there. It very much is, and it's not updated as much as those other hotels um, there's So, in terms of entertainment things I did on this trip, I already talked about the Speakeasy Barbershop, y'all. I love that spot. I also spent a lot of time walking around pools because you, and I don't want you to be right, John, because it hurts my soul when you're right. But I am. You know, broken clock, twice a day, whatever. You're right that a pool day can be a fun way to spend time in Vegas to the point that we may actually be doing that in three or four weeks here. But, um... I spent quite a bit of time in the Mandalay Bay pool, and you know I was just kind of walking around, but the Mandalay Bay pool is fun. They've got a lazy river and all of that. The lazy river, I'd actually be comfortable doing with whatever group you've got. Kids, fine. Guys trip, fine. If you and your date want to go do it, fine. Whatever. If you want a quieter space, I think anybody who's got access to the Mandalay Bay can go into the Delano pool, which actually isn't at the Delano Hotel. It's in the Mandalay Bay pool complex. They certainly didn't. They asked me for my Delano key card to get into the Mandalay Bay pool. They didn't ask me for any key card at all to go into the theoretically separate Delano Beach Club, which was quieter. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot more relaxed vibe. The Four Seasons, if you want quiet pool day, is absolutely the spot. If you're a Four Seasons guest, 
you can go into the Mandalay Bay pool. If you're a Mandalay Bay guest, you cannot go into the Four Seasons. No, they pool. keep the hoi ploy out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's to the point like to even get in there, you've got to go through a series of doors, know where it is, that sort of thing. And have your genealogy on a scroll. Um, doesn't yeah. everyone? Stamped with your family signet to make sure that you are, in fact, a liege lord. Otherwise, um, yeah, you're yeah. not allowed in the space. Uh, no, no. Uh, but the other hotel I went to was, um, and I spent, I have some video up on the, of this on the channel sometime pretty soon. I went into the Golden Nugget pool, which is very much the same kind of vibe as the Mandalay Bay pool. I will say there, I don't know that's the place I hang out again because there were a lot of kids there. I mean, God bless, right? Like, I've got kids. I don't, I don't take them with me to Vegas. If you're going to go to the pool at the Nugget, it's a great space. Like, it's actually a gorgeous space, and they've got some blackjack tables. They've got all that sort of stuff. There's just so dang many kids all the time. That wasn't in, in a fairly confined space, right. right? Like, you can't really get away from them, even if you do have one of the luxury cabanas up top or something like that. For my money, the Golden Nugget pool, not really worth it. But again, if you're planning a family trip or something like that, great. They are right there for you. Ooh, look, I found the rest of my whiskey glass. Hey, that worked out really well. All right. So what else? What about some of your meals and lounges so, before we close out to head to news? I screwed up my reservations on this trip, which is weird. I don't usually do that. I'm usually really good at it. Matter of fact, I may have once or twice uncharitably made fun of you when you screwed up some reservations. Um, this time, though, I only yeah. screwed them up for myself. Right there you go. Time. Works out well. So I wound up the first night, because I didn't have reservations at all, I wound up at Strip Steak inside the Mandalay Bay. That was a happy accident. It was dead quiet. I'm a little worried about that place making it. They said it's usually, I sat at the bar, I talked to the bartender. They said, oh no, it's usually busier than this. Hope so, because you're not running a restaurant with the level of traffic they had that particular Sunday night. But it was good. My steak was phenomenal. At most steakhouses, when they would bring you a bread course, what they did instead here is they brought you a french fry course. There were oh. three, yeah, like right there at the start. Um, and for those of you who are trying to avoid the diabetes, you know what? I'd lose a toe. Totally worth it. There were three different kinds of French fries, like some plain French fries, some parsley French fries, and some dill French fries, which you wouldn't think would work, but you would be wrong. All of them fried in duck fat. And then they had three different kinds of dipping sauces. And then my bartender actually said something like, yeah, I don't know why nobody ever gets some of our really good potatoes as a side order. Well, you just brought me free French fries as an appetizer. Right. How much? How much? Yeah. I'm not Irish. I'm not, I'm not eating nothing but potatoes here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, but that was amazing. Then the steak was good. I love the bartender. It's a really pretty space. I don't know that I would go out of my way to go to strip steak. But I, if I'm in the neighborhood, I go back there. It's not one of my most favorite spots in town, but I liked strip steak and I liked it a lot. The second night, I had reservations at Skyfall, which was a bar. I had been trying to get reservations next door at the Revea, and both of these places are on top of the Delano building. And the Skyfall is a bar which you know has like some heavy appetizers. I was gonna go eat a light dinner. It was gonna be great. But the Revea had a multi-course French menu, and you can see the Revea from the bar I was at. And by the way, my bartender at Skyfall was the, the best bartender I've ever had, with the exception 
of the bartender you and I visit on a normal non-Vegas Wednesday. Right. right? Like, I, I would not mock Eric that way. But he was an exceptional bartender, a lot of fun to talk to. And you know I don't usually want to talk to the bartender, but whatever. We had a great conversation. Skyfall's a lovely bar. But I kept looking at Ravea, and there were like two or three tables of diners. I said something about it to my bartender. He's like, you can go get a reservation. I'm like, literally, I can't. I've been trying. Like, they don't have anything. Turns out their web server had been down. Oh. Like, their reservation agent had been down. Um, and I told them that, and they then started, you know, getting a lot more reservations. But they got that fixed within, like, the half hour before I said that. So lots of reservations. I went there and had a multi-course French menu. And it is not as good as Le Cirque is, but it's also not as expensive as Le Cirque is. Fair. And you've got gorgeous rooftop views. Ravea is a phenomenal place. If you're trying to impress your significant other, or if you're trying to impress a business partner, you're trying to impress whoever you're trying to impress, go get a room at the Delano, right? Which is going to be a lot cheaper than anything else in that kind of quality range. Then go upstairs, make sure you make reservations, but get a, a seat at the spot, the seat at the bar at Skyfall, or if it's not 117 degrees, get a, one of their tables outside overlooking the strip. Then later on, traipse over to dinner at Ravea, and it was amazing. But the last night in Vegas, I went to the plaza, and I had what I think was my highlight dining experience ever and before and before you reveal i will say like and and not just because of where you work because we've talked about this place a lot on the podcast uh so so we know the quality of the meal but when you sent me the picture you sent me uh i i was instantly jealous because you ticked a big item off of your bucket list that i may never get to tick off mine well and i wouldn't have ticked that item off of my bucket list if i hadn't been um, fortified with an ample amount of liquid courage. And I was so well in control of myself. So, y'all, I was at Oscar's Steakhouse, which is my favorite steakhouse in Vegas. I had I had an excellent steak, although it was cooked a little bit weird. I'll talk about that in a second. But I was sitting down enjoying my meal, and I looked across from me. And I'm like, that looks a lot like Oscar and Carolyn Goodman. And I'm like, I I wonder if that is. And then I asked my waitress, and she said it was, in fact, the mayor's Goodman. So I walked over and introduced myself, and I had a lovely conversation. It was only a minute or two, right, because I wanted to be respectful. Also, I wanted to finish my meal. But, yeah, I met Oscar at Oscars, um, and I felt really bad for it because after I went up and had that, there were, like, three other tables of people who went up to introduce themselves. It's kind of like... I don't know, somehow I made it okay. So, Mr. and Mrs. Goodman, I am so terribly sorry. I apologize for that. I didn't mean to ruin your evening. But yeah, I met Oscar at Oscars. I met a premier mob lawyer, the guy that the restaurant was named for, a Vegas icon, a former mayor of Las Vegas who was seated next to his wife, the current mayor of Las Vegas. That was about the coolest thing I think I've ever done in the city of Las Vegas. My steak was, it was an excellent steak. It was seasoned perfectly, which is why I think that I like Oscar's best. It was cooked a little weird, right? Like it was, um, it was a, a skirt steak and it was a mildly different thickness, but it was essentially the same thickness throughout. And I ordered it medium and part of it was well done. And part of it was at best medium rare. Like they didn't cook the whole steak to the same temperature. And the manager, and I said something about it to my waitress, the manager came over twice to explain to me it was really hard. I'm like, Ace, I can pull it off. And what? And, and they took it off the bill, and it was it tasted great because of the seasoning and because right. of the quality of the cut. 
the cooking was inconsistent, which was weird, but everything else about the meal was perfect. The His Honor cocktail, a um, martini properly made with gin, even though I normally take them with vodka, I would not disrespect Oscars that way. They, they put a slice of jalapeno in. Um, beautiful space. I got to see the newly renovated, renovated patio space. Oh, yes. It was closed because it was 117 degrees. Of course. You could see it. Um, but yeah, I met Oscar at Oscars. I met the mayor's goodman. That was cool. It was kind of like it was cooler than the time I saw what I I, I saw LeBron James once in the Aria Sky Suites. Um, whatever, because I'm a Vegas and that was cool. But I'm a Vegas guy. Seeing the Goodmans was amazing. Yeah, and I, I I have thought I've seen lots of celebrities in Las Vegas, only to get close enough to realize that uh, I don't see so well. Um, but yeah, well, I've never had an, an encounter quite like that. Well, and it also reassured me. The, the man eats in his own restaurant, right? Like, he's obviously not working there or anything, but there are any number of celebrity restaurants where the celebrity involved almost never shows up, and that is not the deal. No, he here. actually has a, a an office. Yeah, no, he does. Uh, yeah. And let me go back real quick before we get to the news, but at Ravea, the French restaurant, I have just blanked out at Alain Ducasse, the, the super high-end French chef who runs it. He actually goes to Ravea several weeks a year and takes up residency. He also runs Skyfall, the bar, which is attached. And it's not that it's cheap, because it is most distinctly not. Right. But whereas a high-end cocktail at a lot of places in Vegas is going to cost you 22 or 25 bucks, there the cocktails in this beautiful space cost 17 or 18 At Le Cirque, which remains my favorite restaurant in town, the five-course menu is, I think, $228. Now there it was 150 I talked to the bartender about it. Apparently, and I'm I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just I don't speak French. I can't pronounce the man's name. But Alain Ducasse, the chef, said, "Yeah, I don't need to gouge my diners. Doesn't make it cheap. It's not. No, no. It's just that he's not squeezing the last penny out of you, the way that a lot of places do. Yeah. So I had yeah. phenomenal dining experiences, which is part of why I'm the fat man that I am now. But um, I, yeah, that was. I mean, it was a great trip, and it provided me the foundation." for i think what is going to be our trip that we take with a group of guys over labor day but before we get there what's going on in news in vegas john so the first story i want to highlight and uh, i got both of these off of twitter or x or whatever the crazy man is calling it now because by the way you had my favorite tweet ever because they will always be tweets but the one i just got was x and your whole tweet was why It, it, yeah. it was some funny stuff. So, Go on. Uh, I happen to follow both of these companies on social media. Our beloved Texas institution, Waterburger, and uh, the uh, Southeast favorite uh, diabetes causer, Bojangles Chicken and Biscuits, have both announced that they're bringing locations to Las Vegas. Waterburger going into the uh, former Bobby's Burger spot between the Waldorf Astoria and the Aria and Bojangles, 20 locations throughout the valley rumored at least one will be on the strip so bill are you excited about either of these and if so which one uh i'm excited about bojangles because i've never had it but matt mitchell of it's a southern thing who also has his own um youtube channel has, has talked well of it before so i want to go try bojangles i'm going to say something controversial and before i do it you do not get to charge my texanness there are three different branches of my family who left Missouri in late 1845 for the Republic of Texas. They arrived in March of early March of 1846 in the American state of Texas. 
the last one of my family members to get here was still got here in the 19th century. It has been a minute. There's better burgers than Whataburger. I like, for example, in our next door neighbors to the west, I like Blake's Whataburger better than Whataburger. I'm not going to go. I would rather go to White Castle. Like, Whataburger is fine. My 17-year-old likes it, and when I can make him happy by giving him a $10 Whataburger gift card, cool, I'm delighted to do it, but you know, I don't need to go to Whataburger in Vegas. Okay, but let me make this argument, because I'm not going to say Whataburger's the best burger, because as big a Whataburger fan as I am, I don't believe that. I do like the customizability of the Whataburger. Whataburger holds a special place in my heart from my youth, because it was very often the thing that I ate to survive after going to bar night during college. So even though my rule when I travel is I don't eat any food on the road I can get at home. So I might grab a breakfast biscuit at 2 a.m. in Vegas from the Whataburger because that's what one does when you oh, need to no, recover no, no, no. at 2 in the morning. Yeah, 2 in the morning is a whole different ball game. So y'all, I am a proud, proud um, home. My, I'm proud that my hometown is San Angelo, Texas. I am a proud graduate of Angelo State University, which is a phenomenal place for an undergraduate education. Like it is truly exceptional. Um, but there is a Whataburger that opened not far from my home. I don't know. I want to say it was roughly my senior year in high school or something like that. I spent most of college getting dumped by girls at that particular Whataburger and I should know better than to ever go to Whataburger with a girl ever again because it always works out poorly to the point that I'm kind of scared to go to a Whataburger with my wife. You know what? No, not going to the Whataburger in Vegas. Thanks, ladies. Okay, well, fair enough. All right, it's some other news and this one, like most of our stories, coming from Scott over at Vital Vegas, uh, also with his blog over at Casino.org. The FAA has approved plans to con, uh, construct a hotel tower where the Best Western is currently located, affiliated with Casino Royale. And additionally, there are no hotel reservations at the Best Western for the Formula One race here in a couple of months. And both the hotel and Outback Steakhouse employees have been told that closure is imminent, but Casino employees have not been told any such thing. So there's a lot of speculation of exactly who it is that may buy out that space. Because I don't think Best Western is building a big tower on the Strip. Uh, at one point, uh, there were rumors that... Uh, a couple of high-end places we're looking at there. Those seem to have fallen through. There's some sense that TI may be looking there. We know they want to expand and build an empire, so then you would have whatever that becomes plus TI plus Circus Circus. So, Bill, what do you think about the prospects of getting a different owner-operator and perhaps a nicer facility where Casino Royale currently stands? I am shocked that the Casino Royale and the Best Western are still there because that real estate is so so expensive that set aside whether it's nice or not because you know i kind of like the the notion of some inexpensive options being available on the strip set aside all of that stuff it's just not a very big hotel and if you're going to justify the dirt underneath it you kind of need to build up more than they have and you need more floor space for your casino and you need other revenue generating opportunities i'm shocked it hasn't already been closed yeah and i feel that i i do say i hope whoever buys there 
Like I, I, you know, when I call myself the baller on a budget, the baller part matters as much as the budget part, right? So don't get me wrong. I, I, I have no desire to stay in that Best Western. Uh, I'm not going to eat in an Outback Steakhouse in Vegas. Not that I hate Outback Steakhouse, but again, I there are I, such better options. I can get that at home, and even at home, I normally don't. Um, if you want a good steak, why not come here to my house? Right, or cook one myself. So I, I'm, I'm not sad the Best Westerns going away or some of the dining options, although the cheap hot dog stand that you are too afraid to go to is actually legitimately great, especially at 1 or 2 in the morning. I have made some exceptionally poor choices in my life. I am including the how many Mexican prisons have I been to? Like a half a dozen, eight, nine? I don't really know. I lost count of Mexican prisons. In spite of all of the bad choices in my life, I've never eaten at that hot dog sand, and I never will. There is nothing good that comes. That hot dog sand will give you something way worse than the Taco Bell. And it actually will not, because I've done it. But that that being said, I hope the brand Casino Royale stays. I hope whoever built something a nicer facility. I'd like to see that brand survive. The other thing I'll say about Casino Royale, I do think the strip has gotten a little too upscale and I get they're going to build something new. It's going to be a little more expensive than what they're running now. Uh the Casino Royale is a little bit run down. I would like to see them keep a value model and do it a little bit nicer and that's why I do think if the rumors about TI moving in are true, I think TI might be the right operator for that particular location to give us to give us budget upscale. To give us no. like I don't want the Walmart of casinos. I could live with the Target of casinos if that makes sense. It does, and TI does a good job, so I'd be thrilled to see that. But your next um, news item, which is here on our run sheet about restaurants i've got a series of questions so why don't you get us started so okay so uh one of the ones we have here is uh fleur at mandalay bay one of the french places there is it has been gone for a couple of months this winter according to vital vegas michael mina is bringing in a restaurant called orla uh and it does seem like there's been a lot of restaurant turnover at mandalay bay over the last couple of years starting when covid hit red square the russian themed place with the vodka ice lounge that i really wanted to check out never got to and it seemed like since that domino fell lots of others when we took a guy's trip there spring break i don't know two three years ago they had roped off and we're doing construction over three or four dining areas the wine bar just went out replaced by what was it retro x so yeah there's a lot of a lot of turnover at Mandalay's food program. All right, so here are the questions. Michael Mina is the one who runs Strip Steak. So is Michael Mina going to have two different restaurants in the Mandalay Bay while also having one up in the Bellagio? That that seems to be the case. But, I mean, this, this is... This is no longer that unusual. I mean, keep in mind that at Caesars, you've got Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen and Gordon Ramsay's Pub. So we're seeing some of these celebrity chefs run more than one location in the same, more than one, more than one dining concept in the same resort property. Michael Mina is better than business than I am. Now, the floor space, that's not the same space as where the Wine Angels used to be, right? No, that that's the retro whatever. Retro by Voltaggio. And right. here's why I ask. That place looked good. I couldn't go there because they were dark on the night I happened to be ha- have a free meal and all that. But I think on the trip we're taking over on Labor Day, right before you get there, I think I'm going there. 
I want to try retro. It looks amazing. Um, it is very much an exciting place to me, and I didn't want Orla to be displacing it. No, it is It is not. It is di displacing Fleur, which has been closed for several months now. Uh, will not be open for the guy's trip here in a few weeks, uh, although I'm sure we'll be greeted with some construction. And uh, everybody loves that. So, well, yeah, that's was, the latest happening there. Yeah, I was just there. I walked all through the hotel. The construction's not a problem. But I'm looking at the next story you've got, and you and I have a buddy named Mike. And there was once when we were all getting ready to be on a plane, and we are all going to fly first class. Yay! And I put some money on a machine, and I hit a, I hit a small jackpot. I hit 700 bucks, right? So it wasn't life-changing money, but cool. I loved having 700 bucks. And then I may have kind of been a jackass for the entire rest of the flight, as I repeatedly counted the money and Mike started to hit me. Yeah, I thought I was entertained. Well, on July 26th, the second airport gamer in a month hit over a million dollars on a Wheel of Fortune slot machine at the airport. And apparently, you know, I when I started going to Vegas, and I have not been going to Vegas as long as you have. I guess it's been about eight years since my first trip, something like that. Ish, yeah. Um, the, the thing was always the airport slots are the worst odds in town. I keep seeing more and more social media posts of people hitting at the airport. I'm starting to think the, the slot machines at the airport are looser than the strip. In fact, come to think of it, three, four trips ago, I hit like 200 bucks on an 88-cent bet on a dancing drum machines at the airport and had to scramble to cash that ticket before we had to board like, I, I have not hit anything that big on the Strip. I've had downtown, but maybe we're downplaying the value of airport gaming. So one of the first things that I do every time I land, and I feel bad about the lie I tell because, you know, that's a sin and all of that, but the, the limo driver will have called me out. I've said, I've landed. I'll get there as quick as I can. I don't get there as quick as I can. I stop at a Wheel of Fortune machine. I put 20 bucks in it, and I lose it pretty quickly. Um, and then I play again on my way back. I, I like airport slots; they make me happy. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a, a hobbit, a, a hobbit, a, a hobby or a habit I plan to get into. I just merged those two words. Apparently, uh, bad whiskey does bad things to my ability to talk. Okay, a couple more to hit before we sign out uh, the walkway. And again, from Vital Vegas, the uh, walkway connecting Bellagio to Vidara is now open. It's going to be back. Uh, those walkways are going to be located close to the tram elevator that can get you all the way up to Park MGM. And the Cosmo walkway to connect Bellagio to Cosmo is in the, in, in, on the verge of being constructed. And then this piece to go with it from MGM Resorts, from an email they sent out, I assume to everybody that's in the program, that uh, they're going to start having Cosmo linked into both MGM Rewards and the MGM uh, room booking ecosystem uh, in February. So this is really happening, and they're going to come into the MGM family. So, Bill, your thoughts on uh, on physically and system-wise connecting Cosmo to MGM? So don't care that much about that. Like, I like the Wicked Spoon Buffet, but the Cosmo has just never really hit with me as a hotel. What I'm more intrigued by is linking the Bellagio to the Fedora because I increasingly like non-gaming hotels because they're quiet, but I want to be able to get to some of the bigger, more exciting properties too. 
and it's really hot in Vegas for a huge chunk of the year, I want to be able to do that inside. I'm more interested in the walkway between Bellagio and Vidara. Well, the interesting thing about that is now, even if you don't take the tram, we're going to get very close to where you're going to be able to walk from Bellagio all the way to Park MGM without ever going outside of air conditioning. Now, uh, then you have to go outside to get from Park MGM to New York, New York, and you have to go on an exterior walk to get to Excalibur. But there are a couple of more air-conditioned walkways from being able to get you from Bellagio to Mandalay Bay completely indoors. No, I think that would be amazing, although that would still be a lot of walking. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. But the nice thing is there's bars to stop at along the way. There's, you know, and video poker machines. at the machines. bars, you totally continue on your way to yes. whatever your original yeah. destination So, was. you know, they're more than happy for you to buy food, drink, and, and gamble a little bit while you're making the journey. Uh, although I can't see, you know, Pompsy did a series of videos where he did, uh, you know, a $20 bet on every roulette table on, from one end of the strip down to the other. You could do that kind of stuff if I don't have to go outside in the summer heat. So I kind of like what MGM's doing here. I like it very much. Yeah. I also think you're wrong on Cosmo. I really want to take my wife to Cosmo. Now, one of the things about Cosmo is as a standalone property, their pricing is quite elite. But if you compare where they fit in the in the MGM ecosystem, I can't see them continuing to charge Bellagio prices. I think they're going to have to fall more in line with Aria pricing. And that's useful for somebody like me that I want to stay in the nicest property I can, but I want to get a deal or at the very least that I can get a discount on those rates as you know, an MGM reward member because my wife loves the layout and the vibe at Cosmo. The rooms are supposed to be beautiful. I love the dining options there. Their food court area is amazing. Super Frico is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So I disagree. I, I really want to see Cosmo in the ecosystem. Yeah, I don't hate it. It's just never appealed to me that much. And it turns out that making her happy is way more important than making me happy. Are there any other news items before we wrap it up? Uh, so uh, only if you have any construction updates or any news on the A's, because I don't have either. So I was down at the south end of the Strip, didn't notice any construction there. It wasn't hard to take the interstate into downtown. So I didn't, on my trip two, three weeks ago, notice any construction. In terms of the A's stadium, I continue to read stories about the deal not being finally done, which makes no sense to me. I guess the last thing before we sign out, you and I and a group of three or four other guys, there will probably be a half dozen of us on this trip, are making a guy's trip over Labor Day, which I'm looking forward to. I will bet on my Aggies to win the national championship. I will feel really good about that bet until the second or third game of the season. Such Presum an optimist. You know what? I watched yesterday the video of you watching the TCU playoff semifinal. Um, I may share that with our viewers at some point. You had a better football season than I did. Fantastic. The, the semifinal was great. I don't wish to speak of the final ever again. Uh, the final never happened. I don't yeah. know what you would talk yeah, about. Yeah, it was canceled, and I'll never know how my Horned Frogs would have done against Georgia because that game could not have happened because clearly my football team did not make it to that stadium that day because <laughs> the team I watched the rest of the season was a pretty good football team. But that game, uh, I don't know who those guys were. No, but I'm looking forward to on that trip. Like, we'll spend a good chunk of Saturday up in a suite in the Delano. 
drinking whiskey and watching football. That'll be great. At some point, we go float in the lazy river down at the Mandalay Bay with a margarita, which we shall not call Margs. Um, they are Rita's. Uh, yes. Yeah, you know what? I can use more than one syllable. Um, whatever. I'm going to have something delicious to drink. And listeners, if you knew my brother-in-law, Mark, we will have a Coors Light for you on that lazy river when we're there for Labor Day. Mark, we miss you more than we can say. For everybody else, we're so glad that you tuned in today. We'll be back here in a few weeks. Hopefully, we'll get another episode in before our trip. But if not, it may be September before you hear from us again. If you miss us, though, check out at, uh, Dine Drink Vegas on YouTube. Lots of videos that Bill's putting up. I have a few videos that I haven't gotten to Bill yet because I'm lazy. You can also find us at Dine Drink Vegas on most forms of social media. Don't think we've gotten around to threads yet, but we will. Bill, anything else you want to say before we sign on out? Y'all, thanks so much for tuning in and thanks for traveling with us.